love. Welcome to the e-commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hello and welcome to episode number 37 of the e-commerce marketing society podcast. It is mid-November and that means we are in the throes of cyber month. What a time to be alive and to be in e-commerce, right? So exciting. But whether you've done your promo already or you're gearing up this week to launch your Black Friday or Cyber Monday offers, there's no doubt you are busy, excited, nervous, and probably exhausted. So I want you to give yourself a big pat on the back, celebrate all your wins, and remember to be kind to yourself because you're doing amazing So the episode this week is timely too for you guys, of course, as we are diving into all things organic marketing. Now, organic marketing, I'm sure if you've followed me for a while, is what I specialize in. It is so vitally important in the early years of your e-commerce business to build your brand awareness, to build interest with your customers, to increase engagement, to drive traffic, all through your organic marketing before you start investing the big bucks into paid advertising. And we're going to go into why in more detail today. Today, I'm joined by the lovely Desiree Robards, who is the owner of Naked Digital Marketer. And I consider Desiree as a lovely friend of mine. That's because we've grown our businesses together over the past three, four years We've sent many direct messages to each other, either celebrating wins or new clients or whinging about things that crop up in business or just asking hundreds of questions because it's so important to have those people in your business journey that you can trust and that you can be completely honest with. And Desiree is one of those people to me. I've only got a handful of them, but she's one of them. So I'm really excited to have her on as a guest, and I can't believe it's taken me this long to have her on. I'm sorry, Desiree. (laughs) Desiree's managed a lot of the website redesigns that my clients and students have gone through when they're working with me or doing Ecom Grow Strong, my 10-week course. And Desiree is a digital marketer. She's obsessed with the power of organic marketing to ignite your small business and drive the digital narrative of your brand. Desiree has helped many small businesses develop websites and content strategies that get their dream customers to take notice and take action. So confusing algorithm updates, pushy sales tactics, and cringeworthy marketing buzzwords, I'll try not to use any of them today, Desiree, are the key drivers that led her to build a better marketing agency. So I'm really excited to ask her all the tricky questions about organic marketing today, So let's jump right in. Hey, Desiree, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yes, I was just saying in your introduction that it has been far too long that I haven't had you on here because we've been biz friends for like, I want to say three or four years. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you're just up the road from the Central Coast. You're based in Newcastle. Mm -hmm. And where did we meet? 
Was it at that co-working day that you used to host? Yeah, I was sad to say it used to host. I, I still want to have it up and running, but, you know, with everything that's been happening. So, yeah, I think you hopped off a train and came to one of the sessions in Newcastle. And I always remember the way you left me because we were talking about something and, and I was umming and ahhing about cutting off a service that, I, you know, was at the time meant a lot to me. And you're like, just cut it. And then you walked away and you hopped on the train. I never saw you again. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should just, and I did. I went home and I stopped the service and it was life-changing. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, you've probably picked up since then that, you know, I'm brutally honest when it comes to stripping back or scaling up because we can't do everything, can we? No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it, it was absolutely what I needed at the point. And I also felt we were aligned in that way because I would be telling the same thing to someone else, like, you know, it's easy to tell someone else than to do it yourself too. So, <laughs> That's um, so right. And we've yeah. kind of had that little Facebook message uh, coaching service for each other, haven't we? Yeah. yeah, I would say we're definitely biz buddies in that regard. And we can bounce ideas off and tell each other like it is. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. And we don't have to pay for it pay for coaching each other <laughs> well yeah I mean I think it's a mutual uh, mutual benefit I hope <laughs> yeah definitely well let's what well I've already introduced you in the introduction but why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are where what you do yeah so I run Naked Digital Marketer which is a an agency that specializes in building or improving websites and organic marketing for small businesses within Australia. What started out as myself quickly turned into a small team, which, you know, allows me to come out and do things like that. So, and I also like teaching and training small businesses. And so, yeah, I'm out and about and also doing a lot of Zoom workshops with people and also find myself on the tools because I, I need to tick that creativity side of me and not be out of it altogether. So yeah, I'm always, I guess, you know, um, I'm also a lot in Facebook, on Facebook groups. So some people might recognize my name. I do get a lot of value as well from there. And I think even just seeing you around, Lisa, we kind of bounce on each other as well. If, you know, we're trying to help someone answer a question they've put out there and we might tag each other to come and rescue that person. So yeah, I do have support networks as well like you know Lisa is again and I yeah I think small business is really a huge part of my life and knowing the connections and the network that uh, you know you, if you surround yourself well it has really helped me to grow and be where the business is at the moment which is yeah. I'm happy with so yeah that's me in a nutshell oh and I'm based in Newcastle the team is entirely remote there's no one sitting next to me, which sometimes, you know, I do miss that feeling, which is why I have those co-working sessions at least. Well, it used to be once a month guaranteed out of the house and socializing and talking to other people and not just my cat. So yes, cauliflower. <laughs> is that his name? That's yeah, cauliflower. She sometimes removes it removes herself from the situation. Like, you know, if it's just too much for her to, that day, she'll just hide for a while. Yeah. Yeah, you're a busy lady. You certainly do a lot. You've got your marketing agency side of things where you help small businesses create better websites so Shopify and WordPress yeah you also do email marketing working in Klaviyo and then you also help get small businesses going on their organic marketing too so what kind of organic marketing do you dabble in most like what are your favorites 
The top of the list would be copywriting, just making sure that it, they are powered with and optimized for search engines, as well as having that brand personality. So copywriting is absolutely essential. I would say number one, especially when we're building websites or improving websites. Next favorite would be email marketing. I think that's the highest return on investment for any type of marketing activity you do online. And then social media would be next on that level in priority. That's kind of where I encourage a lot of people to cover first before they consider paying for ads. So it all comes under organic marketing essentials. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I are super similar in that respect. Like people would come to you to help them implement it. And people might come to me to develop the strategy and then implement it. But Mm -hmm. we've got the same set of values, which is work on what you've got that you can own and control first, which is your website and your organic marketing. Once that's singing, then look at your paid strategy. And this is, you know, for small businesses or in maybe the first zero to three, five years of their business that they're, and and the reason why we, you know, you want to be working on your organic first is because you're so much changes in those first few years of your business, like your message, your products, your point of difference, your story, your staff, your brand, everything changes and evolves. So if you can test it yourself first, you're not going to be spending a lot of money on something that is essentially going to change anyway. I 100%, absolutely. And it might be a way of, you know, once you start implementing this, you start uncovering a few questions and gaps that you might not have considered. Whereas I come across a lot of people, especially e-commerce businesses, they build a website and then they start paying for ads straight away. And then they wonder why it's not converting. And when you really strip it down and go back to the foundations, there's a lot of things missing. So, you know, I sometimes stop people from running their ads until we fix the website because they're spending all this money driving traffic back and then people get onto the website and click away straight away because, you know, it's either the messaging is not there, you're not attracting the right people and you're not showing them what they want. Yeah. Um, or you have promised something in the ad and when they land on, on your website, it's not what they were promised. So I think that having those foundations and working on them will uncover a lot of things that when you do start paying for ads, the conversion rate from that is going to be phenomenal. That's right. And it, and it's all kind of linked to your confidence too and your marketing momentum. Like so many times, you know, I'm sure you hear this too, that people say, well, I've, I've tried that, it's not working. I've wasted money on this. And then they start doubting their products, but be a couple of little tweaks to their foundations and then you're ready for those ads. And that's when, like, because we're not anti-ads by any means, but it's, it's when you've got those good, strong foundations in place that when you do do ads, you hear those cha-chings and things start working and that's when the fun happens. But it's sad that a lot of, I think it's probably been over the past, I don't know, maybe five or so years that there has been that direct response to Facebook ads as the first point of call. But I think times are changing. Maybe it's the more conversations like we are having now that that it isn't the silver bullet and that you can go back to organic marketing. It's not dead, which I love how you you said that to me in your email before we met, that organic marketing is certainly not dead and mm. so relevant now in Black Friday and Christmas period, wouldn't you say, where things are super expensive in Facebook land mm. and with all the changes that have happened over the past six months in terms of privacy. Yeah, and I think just even to be approved or reconnect your Facebook and Instagram feed is so much harder now. So everything, in turn, even if people say it's paid to play or paid to be seen, 
it's not as easy as it was to connect and start selling or start running ads. But, you know, if again, if you fix your website and you do all of those things within your control and you do that well, you don't have to rely on Facebook. You don't have to rely on Instagram. And that's where a lot of people fall into that trap of either then, even if they outsource to someone and they hire someone to run the ads for them, unless they review as a, a holistic way of, you know, let's really look at all your marketing efforts and see what's your website doing, you know, or oh, it's a bit slow and all of those things. If they are not considered as part of your overall marketing or advertising strategy, then there, there are gaps that, that are going to really let you down. And I feel like, like you said, you know, a lot of them take it very personally that no one wants their products or it's saturated and, you know, it's really hard for them to be seen. And I want to help everyone, but yeah. where do you start? So hopefully people listening to, you know, the podcast can look, can go back and, and review their website and review their content and start considering that. So maybe even having to stop the ads for, for now until, you know, you know, it's, it's working, everything organic is working for you. I think sometimes people also don't, then don't know where to start, you know, and I always take it back to the website because ideally any of your marketing and advertising activities should be aiming to drive traffic back to the website where you're then, your, your website then converts, does the hard work and converts the person into whatever your goal is, which as an e-commerce business would be through the checkout process. The big thing that I deal with is websites because especially WordPress and Shopify and so just even knowing that you're on the right platform for your business is essential. It, and a lot of people, you know, you do what you do when you're starting out. So you might be bootstrapping and you work with what you've got, but within a year or two, you'll find that now it's really time to make your web, website work a bit harder for you. Make sure Google loves it. Make sure your potential customers love it as well. So that's why we choose WordPress and Shopify from the start because we feel like it's very rare someone will have to jump ship from these two platforms because they are built and stable. They're built really well and allow you to grow with the business. So there are a lot of other platforms that people do start on and we, we migrate them out of that as they grow and invest or you know they make some money and they invest back into the business. So it's totally fine to start wherever you can, but just know that if you are reviewing your overall strategy that your website is probably where it would start yeah improving definitely and it's it's an interesting conversation the wordpress versus shopify it's one that crops up weekly i absolutely lean towards shopify because it's easy for your average person to use and to update and to also tap into that amazing dashboard of analytics and metrics that you've got there as soon as you open up your store that's not to say WordPress isn't equally as amazing as and efficient. This is my personal opinion. It's harder for your average person to, to use because you do have to know a little bit about it to update it or you're going to have to hire someone like yourself to update it. And also I find personally that the metrics and the insights are harder to see on a day-to-day basis unless you're got your Google Analytics set up or a dashboard set up or an app installed. What do you, what's your point of view there? Okay. In terms of WordPress, I would say if we all had our way, every website should be on WordPress. It's just one of those platforms that again, it will grow with you. You can add on any functionality. You won't have to jump ship because you've outgrown it. However, it does require a lot of elbow grease. It's not a set and forget platform. And when I say WordPress, I mean WordPress.org. So it's self-hosted and it's not WordPress.com. WordPress.com is very limiting. You would 
it, you know, it's it's one of those that you either outsource to have someone maintain it for you so that you can only worry about your products and your orders, but essentially it does require upkeep. Whereas, and it, it, a lot, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, you should do WordPress, it's free. It's not free. Um, <laughs> you're paying for hosting where you put your files on the internet to for public to ac- access it, but also you have to put in your time or again, outsource to maintain it. Whereas the fee that you pay for Shopify, which is my favorite option for e-commerce businesses, because it allows you to step back and, you know, the fee that you're paying looks after the hosting, the maintenance, the upkeep of it. And you really only just worry about your order processing and your products and your, and your content. So they're both my favorites, but sometimes some people are more suited for WordPress, maybe because they want extra functionality, like they want a really good blog to run behind it. If you want, you know, more services pages as well, informational pages, then definitely WordPress is an all-in-one solution. But if you're 100% product-based business, I would say Shopify is, is, is a fantastic option. And now with Shopify 2.0 as well, you, you have more flexibility in terms of making the inner pages like your about page and your FAQs page look even better. Whereas it used to be you had to know HTML code to make those pages look presentable other than a huge chunk of text. And it just allows for more design capability as well and customization within the cart and checkout process where it used to be uh, plus members only could do that. So it is evolving slightly for Shopify, but it's still 100% e-commerce based. The, the entire aim of it is to drive people through, throughout the checkout process. Yeah. Yeah. So they're both good. Um, some people prefer to be hands-on and jump in and have a lot more customization, which is WordPress. A more hands-off approach is Shopify. I also find that one of the complaints about Shopify is that they have to pay, you know, monthly subscriptions to apps if they want to, you know, do something like upsells or countdown timers, things like that to increase conversions or cart value, let's say. Is it a bonus for WordPress that you can actually get those coded and designed into your site without having to pay for that monthly application? Every time you do custom coding and things like that, it always runs the risk of breaking as well. So then, you know, your upkeep increases, but there are plugins that you can absolutely install. You still have to pay for a license, but with WordPress, there's a higher chance or there are chances where they have lifetime deals where you pay one time as opposed to monthly subscription. But to be honest, when you are installing additional apps and only install things that are really going to return, you know, on investment. So not just because you saw someone have a spinning wheel and yeah. you're going to add, <laughs> that's like one of my pet peeves, you know, that you have to see what the return on investment is. So if you have a, an upsell or cross sell app, if it's bringing you extra sales, it's paying itself off. So that's kind of, you know, just capture that as a, as a, a uh, cost of running the business to get, extra sales and you can do without the app but you're going to cut yourself it's the same like having afterpay you know a lot of people struggle with a six percent fee but you can't get afterpay sales unless you have afterpay installed so don't you can't forward on the cost but you can make sure your margin allows for extra fees like that Hey there, I just wanted to quickly drop in and remind you if you haven't already got your name registered for my free marketing masterclasses this December and January, that you need to go and do that right now. I want you to come over and hang out with me live on Zoom. 
I can take you through the online marketing foundations that you need to know and to start next year with a bang. It's all free, 100% fun, and you get to connect with me and see what it's like to be taught and coached. And yeah, it's going to be amazing. So go get your name down. Yes. And I think on that like train of thought, you know, worrying about a $40 per month fee here and, or, you know, paying for something over there, e-commerce is not the business to get into if you aren't prepared to open your wallet because <laughs> it's not cheap. you got to make uh, spend money to make money. Yeah, it literally is one of those businesses. But this is the importance of tracking what you're doing and being strategic about your choices and, like, yeah, going back and doing some housekeeping. So are you paying for things that you don't need to? Is that app working for you? Is it slowing you, your site down? And it does help to have someone that you can turn to like yourself that is techie because, gosh, I don't know, I would say 95% of people, including myself, aren't techie. And we do need those good people that we can say, hey, I'm not sure about this. And make those improvements. Optimize your site. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be set in stone. And invest in a paid theme. I see a lot of people saying they're spending on apps that should be a standard functionality with a paid theme, but it's because they're using a free theme and it's very limiting in that regard. Again, you start with that, that's fine. But if you start finding you need some functionality and before you go to an app, uh, look into the Shopify theme store to see 2.0 already themes that allow for that functionality. You can filter down the search to see if it allows, you know, maybe promotional banners, announcement bars. These are all things that are, st- that's, you know, standard in some themes. So, yeah, that's um, exciting. Yeah. Have you been working on many 2.0 sites at the moment? Yeah, I um, I ran a workshop recently and uh, it was about redesigning your Shopify store and all of us went through so many new themes. So not all the themes are quite ready yet for 2.0. And it was so interesting to see how variable the themes are. And, you know, I had a toy store, I had a dog shirt store and and they each had different requirements. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was quite familiar with a lot of the old themes, but then now with 2.0, they're really adding so much more features and functionality and it's really worth spending. It is a rabbit hole. So, you know, of trying to find the right theme. So knowing, knowing what your non-negotiables are will really help you to narrow that down um, and using the Shopify theme store filter on the, on the left-hand side will help as well, but also not, not, um, you know, there's an industry filter. So don't narrow yourself down with, with the industry because, and there may be other themes out there that tick all those boxes except for your industry, but you can change the colors and the, and the style of it to match your industry if that makes sense. But yeah, I do, I do really push for a Shopify approved 2.0 already paid theme yep. because of that extra functionality you can get that you didn't even know you needed, you know, like promotional banners and photo banners and even just hovering over a product image and seeing the second image, you know, some free themes don't even have that as an option to me that's non-negotiable I like to I like to see without having to click through what the second image looks like exactly yeah and it's it's all these things that you don't for a business owner who's starting out or in the first couple of years you don't know what you don't know so it's okay that you are aware of all these things you're going to learn so much in those first few years especially if you're working with people that can kind of shortcut 
that time between not knowing anything, making lots of mistakes, and then landing on the thing that actually is what you need. What are some of the things that you would look for in a Shopify theme for someone who's thinking about making a change? Uh, product image rollover or hover over a second image, a mega menu. So when you have either a mega menu or multi-column menu, so you can just, you know, hover over the word shop in the menu and it comes down with three columns with different categories and subcategories. Yes, make it um, for your customer to see what you've got. Don't hide your products or your categories. Yeah, and I think you're just saving them from either guessing or having to click into every single page and collection to see what you have because we don't have time for that. <laughs> no, and I don't know about you, but I'm personally becoming lazier and lazier in my e-commerce shopping and I do a ton of it. But if if it's not showing me, like, if, if it's not clear on that first, you know, two, three seconds, I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to go to somewhere else that's clearer. Absolutely. That's super common now, isn't it? Yeah. Another non-negotiable would be, so I have, I've talked about the menu and I've talked about the image hover. You can do product reviews as well. So you don't have to use a paid app. Some themes allow for product reviews in there and you just use the free Shopify product reviews and it's inbuilt together. It's a good starting point to actually just start collecting reviews as opposed to, again, resorting to a paid plugin straight away if you can't afford it at that, you know, at that time. Yeah, those would be my my non-negotiables to start with. And then sometimes it, it differs on, on what the, uh, oh, sorry, one more thing, image zoom. So when you click into a product listing to be able to click into that product and it zooms, sorry, the image and it zooms and then you can scroll as you zoom as well. So yeah. you're not having to open one image, pinch and zoom yourself and then close that and then open the second image. That's a bad customer experience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still really surprised, especially with large fashion brands, that they're not on that bandwagon yet. Like mm-hmm. you can't see the pattern of the material, you can't see the texture of the material, or it can go for so many different products, but they're making it still so hard for you to see what you want to buy, which is ridiculous. With You've got to make it clear. If you're expecting someone to part with $100 or $50, make it clear because they ain't going to give you that money if they can't see what they're buying. I always tell my e-commerce clients, and when they mention this, they go, oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) So your products, and if you can have videos, the images really need to sell for you. So it really makes a big difference between a sale and not a sale because the person who's browsing it can't smell it, can't touch it can't feel it, can't see how it's, uh, you know, flowing on your body. Mm-hmm. You need to take the guesswork out for them. So invest in really good photography. And if you can even take that next step and have a video or even like a story, Instagram story and upload that because then I'm not guessing about, oh, that, you know, that's actually looks, is it stiff? Is the zip easy to reach, you know? And it makes me make the decision so much quicker and easier. But I can just, I'm happy with that. I I think the Iconic or ASOS does that. I love the videos because I can see how it flows. And then I decide not to buy because it looks, you know, it's too short or it's too too thin. I can see through it. Yes. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you don't have to have the budget of ASOS or Iconic. Like you say, if you're doing reels or IGTVs on your products, which you should be doing, FYI, pop them up onto YouTube add them to the product page via the YouTube player 
or a Vimeo or whatever you're using. <laughs> and Bob's your uncle. You've got a very good video to show your customers how it looks, how it opens, how it sits, what it contains. And if you're actually doing that product walkthrough yourself, you can talk about the benefits, like yeah. the real life benefits. And I'm, of course, thinking of the lovely Anna from Lunchbox Mini. I was just thinking of her too. <laughs> yes, she's the star of the video product walkthrough. So go and check her out. I worked with her for a couple of years up until recently. She's got a new warehouse now and you did her website for her probably a couple of years ago now too. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. She has all her videos on there um, on YouTube. She does them. I think a lot of people are somehow more comfortable doing them on social media but then they forget about their website again mm. so you know you have that content add that to your website quite easily and you might already see a difference just by doing that but disclaimer please don't upload the video directly to your website yeah. <laughs> because site speak is above all the most important thing if you want google to find your website organically yeah and if you don't want people to click away that's right so Improving your product images is a great place to invest. And I know the other place that you love to encourage your people to invest in is copywriting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Copywriting is like it has a few purposes. It's not just words on the website to fill in the space. When we talk about wanting to be found in search engines, if you don't have copy or the text on your website, then Google's not going to be able to find your website when someone's searching for your product or your collection or your the category that you have. You can pay for ads to drive that traffic back, you know, so those keywords that you're trying to be found for in Google, but then when they click onto your website and then they're not actually connecting with who, what you're trying to sell, you're not describing the, the things well, they don't know who you are, then you might have lost that sale and wasted that advertising spend because it, your website's just not converting through the words that you have on the website. So I find it's quite like e-commerce businesses are, are culprits for yeah. keeping it to zero, zero words on the website. It's just you land on there and it's buy, 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 buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Everyone, so many people are selling the same thing. Why, why do I, why should I buy from you? And what's your point of difference? And who are you that I can trust you to spend through your website? and that you will deliver as you have promised. And all of that comes through the words that you have on there. So some brands allow for actually a personality, a true personality that differentiates you from others. And, you know, whether that's quirky, whether that's friendly, whether that's, you know, rude, whatever your brand allows for, you need the words to bring that out for you and not just the images on the website. Yeah, for sure. Because it also caters to different shoppers because you'll have the shoppers who are going straight for the, reviews or the photos or the videos and then you'll have the shoppers who are want to know what your story is how your products are manufactured or what your values are or where you're based or if you're a mother you know that kind of thing they want to they want to know more and more now that it's a business that they align with that they can trust so copy like you say is is the way to do it yeah and, and just highlighting your, your four, three or four points of difference or your USPs or your, your values up high. Yeah. So, you know, when you first land on it, as they say, you have such a short time to make that first impression before they click away. You know, what's that hook to keep them browsing? 
So you have your introduction or your main, your hero image up the top. So try not to use a slider because no one sits there and slides left and right. And also it slows down your website. Have one hero image with a clear description of what you offer or, you know, what type of products you have. And then and a strong call to action, so a button to maybe shop now or, or find out more. And then you have your badges up there as well. So it could be vegan, it could be sustainable, it could be eco-friendly, it could be limited editions only, it could be Australian made and designed. What are these things? If I'm a vegan and I'm, and I'm shopping, that's going to make me stay because that's exactly why I'm here. And that's my hook. That's the hook that needed you know, for me to, to stick around a bit longer, give yeah. you more time. So don't, I see sometimes one is, is missing, but also it's maybe hidden right at the bottom at the footer. It's too late. You need to, to have that front and center to make them stick around a bit more. Also tell me your why. So your about page is absolutely essential. Another thing that is either missing or hidden in the footer. Your about page is not just about, hey, I'm a crazy cat lady and I love sitting in my robe watching Netflix sipping wine, which is fine. That could be the first few lines, but it's actually why are you doing this business? Who are, you know, most of us would have already had a bad experience or faced the same problem someone else has faced and you found the solution and that's why you're helping them. And that's what they're going to connect with. That's going to go, yeah, exactly. She totally understands. She's one of, she's, she's like me. Mm. Um, and then again, stick around because I kind of know this person already. I can relate to that. She, she understands my needs. And then also having a strong call to action on that page, whether it's shop now, subscribe, find out more, join me on social media. And, you know, the, and also the about page is a, pla- a place if you need to show any accreditations or affiliations or charities that you support, all of that should really support who you are and why you're doing this business. And again, I think it's a, it's a difference between a sale and not a sale because, oh, sorry, add a photo. <laughs> the amount of times I see people hi- hiding their face. And they're like, why, why, why do they want to know who the business owner is? I do, because I could easily go into Kmart and buy something similar. But now, I, you know, it's just a human thing. People buy from people as cliche as it, as it sounds. So if I can see your face and have this story to support that, I've already built a bit more trust as opposed to a website that has no indication of who this person is. Yeah, totally. So that's an advantage already. Agree, agree, agree. And the fun part is that you are going to be part of my Ecom Grow Strong course next year. <laughs> because as you were talking, I'm thinking, yep, this is you know exactly what I'm about and what people struggle with with their website. And you're going to join me as one of my guest experts to come in and help the students next round with their website. So in Ecom Grow Strong, there's an entire module um, walking you through every page of your website and what it needs to be doing. And Desiree is going to pop into the group and do a live Q&A with me to answer all those techie questions, all those you know, Shopify app-related questions as an extra bonus and an extra layer of how Ecom Grow Strong and improving your website. So I'm so excited and you and I could talk about organic marketing all day long, I think, and websites. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your time with us and all of your knowledge. No, thank you so much because I, I'm really looking forward to this as well. Like I said, I really love helping people and if I can invo- avoid them making further mistakes or, or you know, improving their conversions and, and being more successful, then I'm all for it. So I'm really, really looking forward to the course next year. 
Yay. For students. <laughs> Absolutely. And if someone needs help with their website or their organic marketing before January and February next year, how do they get in touch with you? So I have a website, nakeddigitalmarketer.com.au, and I also have a Facebook group called Organic Digital Marketing. I'm very nifty with my names. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I, I keep it simple and it is what it is. No fluff. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to see you in the group if you want to know a bit more about organic marketing. I do have Lisa as a guest speaker sometimes as well. And I do have regular guest speakers that come in to share their knowledge about helping small businesses, small business owners as well. So those will be the two places to find find out more about me and, and hang out with me. Yeah, it's a great group and you do you add a lot of value with the videos and interviews that you do. So yeah, go check it out. I'll pop it in the show notes along with the waitlist page for Ecom Grow Strong. So you can spend 10 weeks with me and get a little dash of Desiree in there as well. And yeah, thank you again for joining us. That's okay. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ecommerce Marketing Society podcast. If you want to keep getting juicy marketing goodness into your ears each week, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And be sure to please leave a five-star review on iTunes so I can keep sharing all this good stuff with you. Until next time, keep taking those big or baby steps. I'm cheering you on every part of the way. Mm -hmm.